coach, broadcaster, and video game impresario, John Madden. I get every game from every angle uh, every week. Why do you want to do that? Just because uh, just you're crazy? <laughs> None other than Deion Sanders Prime. I have three to four suits with me, and I'm having a problem to choose between the cream, which is a cusser. What I mean by cusser, Rich, when you see me, you're going to use profanity. That's how clean this suit is. <laughs> My official movie reviewer, Jim Moore. She's a fox. If there's a fox in the movies right now, Myla Kunis is it. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Bud Light. We are seven weeks into the National Football League season. Things are flying by, although what didn't fly by this past week were footballs in the air. Um, Defense is caught up to offenses this week. And for those who were lamenting how uh, scoreboards were lighting up like a Christmas tree, I point to (laughs) the Monday Night Football game. Would you prefer that? Would you like that? Maybe somewhere in between the Monday Night Football game and everything being on tilt. But only three 300-yard passers this week, Big Ben, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees, uh, while everything else calmed down in the NFL. And um, we are, are again, reaching the halfway point. Can't believe it. Halfway point of the season, only three teams with single-digit or zero losses. The Packers are the only undefeated team, and the only one-win teams now remaining because of the Ravens' loss on Monday Night Football would be the New England Patriots coming off a bye this week to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pretty big game right there. And the other team would be, by the way, the San Francisco 49ers, who, uh, as Warren Sapp would say, uh, kicked the heck out of idle this week. They crushed the bye week. They are 5-1, and one. And on their bye week, watched everybody else in the division lose. Their closest competitor has two wins. The Cardinals still have only one win. They're, 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 they might be done. I mean, they are. I think they are done. Uh, certainly with Beanie Wells banged up for a couple weeks, it seems. And uh, only one win. And Arizona goes to Baltimore next week. And I'll tell you what, you know the Ravens are, are eager to get that Monday night taste out of their mouths, and they have a wide receiver that wants to light it up against them. That would be none other than Anquan Bolden. You know it. I know it. We all know it. That's a tough assignment. It's always difficult for Arizona to go west to east, and here comes that Ravens defense and that offense that had that stinker from coast to coast on Monday night. That's a tough one, and the Rams are 0-6, and they got the Saints coming to town. I mean, and the Niners host Cleveland. If they, they, I mean, we could be talking a magic number for the San Francisco 49ers very, very soon. We very well could. Um, and uh, lots of good stuff coming up later this week. Michael Wilbon, of pardon the interruption, is going to be on the podcast this week, along with Coach John Calipari of Kentucky Basketball. We're going off the board a little bit, as we like to do here on the podcast. He's a big Pittsburgh Steeler fan, being from the Pittsburgh area. And who better to ask about uh, handshakes after games, as college basketball coaches do, than Coach Cal. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of that stuff with him later on this week. And Arian Foster of the Houston Texans. What an incredible week he had. 100 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving. I'm eager to talk with him. I follow him on Twitter. 
he seems to be very um, deep. Let's put it that way. Multi-layered. That's later on. But on this podcast, uh, Steve Weich of uh, the Cover 2 podcast, NFL.com, NFL Total Access, NFL Network, NFL Game Day Morning. He was at the Chiefs Raiders game for us this week. I want to talk about that with him. Uh, but primarily, Terrell Owens had his workout in Southern California on Tuesday. And he was there for us. I want to get his thoughts on that. And then old school, Kara Henderson, the co-host of NFL Total Access. She will join me and the worm. Jason Wormser joins us for a brief segment later on. The uh, former senior producer here at the uh, at the network, now running Fox Soccer. Although he hates when I say that because I, I basically give him a, a promotion every time I say that. Uh, he'll come here and... Um, and with the London game in the books, I, I think uh, the worm might get uh, his good friend Nigel Spackle on the horn for us. <laughs> Some old school silliness that's still to come on the podcast that gets started right now. Let's talk about the T.O. workout here on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. And uh, the NFL Network man on the scene is the co-host of the Cover 2 podcast with Bucky Brooks that you can also download here on iTunes and NFL.com. None other than Steve Weich. Good to see you, Steve. Good seeing you, Rich. It's my debut here, and thanks for the plug on the cover, too. Well, of course. It. What do you mean it's your debut where? On this podcast? On the Rich Eisen podcast. You've never been on this I've podcast? I've never been, and I feel flattered. I'm so Well, I, 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 I appreciate you feeling flattered. It's better than you being outraged that you haven't been on yet. <laughs> I mean, but that, that that was just a mere oversight. It really was. Hey, I had trust no idea. me. I would have, if you had asked me, I would have thought 100% you'd been on this well, podcast. Well, hey, look, I'm glad to be on here. We're going to be okay. talking a little interesting stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tio. He's working out. It was like a T.O. Pro Day, right? That basically... That's, that's pretty much what it was. High School Field in Calabasas. Is that what it was? High School High Field? School Field, Calabasas High School. Here in in Southern California. Southern California okay. in the valley. Right. Nice, and cool, cloudy day. Nice. It was. Good day to, to, to work out. How did he look? How did he look? Well, physically, I mean... He's T.O. He, he, he's T.O. I right. mean, he was a physical specimen. However... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he he did some agility drills. He ran some pass patterns, and he was winded. He, if he had to step on a football field right now to play, couldn't do it. I mean, he's not in football shape. He's seven months after having the ACL surgery. Right. Clearly, his rehab has been for the ACL, not to get in football shape. So right. So, if a team wanted to sign him right now, they'd they'd probably have to know he's not going to be ready to play for two weeks unless we're going to so? spot him he's four such, or five. He's such a, f- a physical freak, True. though. I mean, if if there's anything that you'd, you'd, you'd have concern about a knee, because, I mean, you can't, you can't, I mean, he is a human being just like the rest of us, and ACL is an ACL. But in terms of physical, being ready for that, that, that can't be a concern for somebody, right? It, I mean, it would have to be in terms of you'd have to use him in a, in a very limited package out of the gate. I mean, I'm right. telling you, he would run a pattern. I mean, a 10-yard, a simple 10-yard out pattern. Mm-hmm. He was walking back, and he was having to bend over right. and catch his breath. I mean, he's just not there. He's been doing a different type of, of training. Again, he's been trained to get that knee ready. And the knee looked fine. That was a good sign. Okay. You saw some atrophy in the left calf where he had the surgery. Look at you. Hey, man, I'm, I'm looking at Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're, you're noticing calf atrophy? Calf atrophy. Hey, look, I'm going to rename. I, I might rename my fantasy team Calf Atrophy. The Calf like Atrophy. That? I like that be, it. That's yeah. a good band name. It is. Calf Atrophy. <laughs> See, you've been hanging out with Kara too much. That's with, her, that's her. With that's Kara her deal. and Chris Cluey. Yeah, uh, from the Vikings. There, but yeah, I mean, he he looks again. He looks the part. And I think if a team were to bring him in, mm-hmm. he'd be a guy who could move the chains, who could be a red zone threat. But Rich, you just got to wonder. I mean, I talked to some GMs. There were there were no teams there, by the way. Yeah, what what was up with that? I mean, you know, I think teams. 
Or they just knew that NFL Network and ESPN is showing it. So they, <laughs> right. I'm, no, seriously, I've, yeah. I've heard from a lot of coaches because of our combine coverage. Yep. They love our combine coverage because they can they can chill in their hotel room a little long. They can much they can, longer. They don't have to physically be there. They could see it on TV. Maybe that's what it is, or or is there no? Do we truly read the fact there was nobody there? As no interest in Terrell Owens in the National Football League, do we possibly actually really believe that? I, I would. I would think it's three pronged. Mm-hmm. I do think there probably would be some teams that would want to kick the tires on him because mm-hmm. he can't. You know, I don't think there's any doubt that he could probably help a team. There are a lot of teams right now that need wide receivers where he probably could walk in the field out of shape and be better than the, than who they they're, they're right than the third, there. fourth, and fifth guy they have out there. But I think teams also didn't want to tip their hand if they showed up. If you're the Tennessee Titans who need wide receiver help, mm-hmm. you show up. We report, yeah. ESPN reports, Tennessee is here. Or, or, they're, the beat only, writers, or they're the only, they're the one, only one, right? The beat writers, I mean, mm. immediately the attention from everywhere. Oh, Tennessee Titans are interested. So now they've got to deal with the pre-circus right. circus. And no team probably wants to quite deal with that yet. But nobody's more attuned to the circus than Drew Rosenhaus. Drew's got to know that, right? He's got to know that if I'm going to have my T.O. Pro Day, I'm going to throw my guy out there at Calabasas High School then teams probably aren't going to show up because if they do stand there, they're opening themselves up. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like the Titans, if the Titans are there, Nate Washington's like, huh? Right. You know what I mean? Like, a- absolutely. And, they got, and suddenly someone goes up to Nate Washington's locker. and So Drew's got to know that. So why hold this T.O. Pro Day at all? Well, well you know, how about that? I mean, part Let's get of it, into the psyche look, of this. He, he did it for Terrell Pryor. I mean, we've seen it for well. Terrell Pryor's one, and, but people showed up for Terrell Pryor. People showed up, but because I think it was a true pro day. It was an actual like. Here's a kid that you don't really know. You, you truly have to kick the tires. You're if you do spend a draft pick on him, you need to to see that right. It's like no one's going to actually have to spend a draft pick to go get Terrell Owens. Right. It's I mean, different in that respect. You, you right? could t- you could bring him in. Right. I mean, that's what teams will do if they're interested. They'll bring him in. They'll put him through the physical MRI him. Mm-hmm. See what type of shape he's in and, mm-hmm. and see if they want to make the investment. Because as we all know, you're getting more than a football player with T.O. You're getting the T.O. show, which was there filming the NFL Network, filming T.O. What do you mean, the T.O. show? What do you mean? Like his reality? Like, like his reality show. The cameras were there. And that's one thing that Drew and the trainer who was there, Raymond Ferris, mm-hmm. they had a film crew taping the workout so they could send video footage to all 32 teams. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, it does, and it does make sense. Right. There, there are multiple it's angles. It's like the combine. It's exactly it really was what like, it is. You know, all 32 teams get the video of these, of these guys. So T.O.'s going to send, send the DVD. I mean, Drew is going to send the DVD copy there. You know what I thought, though? Like, I wouldn't put this past Rosenhaus, that, uh, that he would, like, hire extras to stand there and send an intern <laughs> to the Calabasas Rite Aid to buy up all the stopwatches. Wearing a Raiders jersey. Hey, man, this is the guy, <laughs> This is the guy, right, who called Willis McGahee's cell phone sitting next to him while right. he was sitting there at the draft. Saf? Dropping dropping his, his stock drop. Same, same, same guy. Same, yeah. So Look, I was like, like I was gonna, you should go to the Rite Aid there down the street from Calabasas High and see if, they, <laughs> if all the stopwatches have been bought out, all the pads. But there really was nobody, like literally... It was you, the T.O. crew, ESPN, right? Rachel ESPN, Nichols and, there were a and couple, Jerry. They said Jerry Rice there, right? Jerry Rice was there because his trainer, uh, Raymond Ferris, was the one who was been working with T.O. the past three weeks. Okay. So you had you had that connection as well. Right. Um, what a scene. It where was, does this rank for you, Steve? This I mean, was, you've been there. You've done that. I mean, where does this rank? Well, Rich, you know, I, this is not, I got to say, it's not one of the highest days of my peak journalism <laughs> 
you know. Just, but just in terms of, in t- no, I'm not talking about your resume. I'm talking <laughs> about was, what you've covered in your days. This was more. Of, this was more entertainment than football, than sports, than anything. It was an it was an entertainment show. You've got the students from Calabasas High lining up on the fence. You've got teachers, everybody lining them on the fence. Well, I would, say, I, if I listen, by the way, absolutely. if I could get out of algebra and see TO work out, I would do that. And, and that's exactly what was going on. I mean, it was really, you know, it was it was a spectacle because here's Drew Rosenhaus, who was in every shot. He was there. He was in. He was there. He was in every I, shot. Are you surprised? Because I, I was do, I was taping the podcast while this thing was going on. I didn't <laughs> see it. He was in every shot. Every shot. Sort of like Scott Boris behind home plate for <laughs> for the Angels games. He's in. <laughs> you see him. See him standing there. <laughs> For every I mean, pitch. T.O. did some agility drills. He changed his shoes. Okay, he went over to like a little area where he had his, his bag with all of his gear. Uh-huh. Drew was in that shot. Okay, T.O.'s <laughs> lining up to run out patterns. Good catch, T.O. He was in the shot. I okay. mean, yeah, so sir. there'll be plenty of Drew Rosenhaus in, in every replay that you see. So when that footage goes out to all 32 what? teams, they'll all know who T.O.'s agent is if they right. didn't know before. Well, the NFL couldn't exist without Drew Rosenhaus. I think I saw that on 60 Minutes recently. So that, you know what, it's, it's, I'd have to buy into that. No, oh, <laughs> joking. Listen, I'm joking. he is, he's, a, I mean, he's good. He you know works. What, you know what he's he like? He works. He's like, he's like, and, and I say this as my, my brother is one of the best lawyers in Los Angeles. I'm not going to, I swear to you, he's, he's a, he's a, a state tax uh, lawyer. And, you know, and, and I say this fully, he's like a lawyer. You, 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 you. Carp on them until you need one. You know right. what I mean? Like you don't want him around until you need one. Well, I'll say- and he's like, he's he's like, ah, we can make fun of him, and he's all about himself, and he's putting himself out there. But I ask you, if your son needed an agent in the National Football League, right? I'm I'm just saying he'd have to be he'd have I, to be in that mix. Look, correct? I consider him, and I'll go back this far. In the mid '90s, I covered the Dolphins, and this yeah. is when Drew was on the come up. Yeah, and he outworked. Everybody and here's here's a great story. I went to the Dolphins locker room once, and it was during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. All of his clients had these massive gift baskets in their locker. I mean, I am talking. This must have had five thousand dollars. It was like a, an Academy Awards goodie bag. Okay. So all the other players walk in, and they were like, "My agent didn't do that for me." Drew probably had five more new clients the next day. I mean, he's got cars waiting for players when they land from the plane. He works. He works it like nobody else. And it's a small shop. It's not a massive operation that he does. So for whatever Drew is, the showman, mm-hmm. the, the salesman, whatever he is, he works it like it's nobody's business. So where does T.O. go? Tough he's going point. somewhere, though. I, I would I mean, think at some point. Is there any real way? I mean, because you say he's winded. I'm not. That's right. If you're, he, he if can if get you in said shape. To me, he, he can get in shape. If you told me, hey, I saw this, he really can't cut. You know what I mean? Then I'm right. like, then maybe he's not coming back this year. But if his if his knee's fine and it's just his physical conditioning, although as Lock and Four tweeted, I don't know if you saw Lock and Four's tweet during this thing. <laughs> like it. if you had the over under uh, on when he was taking his shirt off during the uh, <laughs> during the <laughs> workout, hit it twenty he, minutes. He, he said he said he he had it at three minutes, uh, but I guess thirty three <laughs> minutes into the workout, he took his shirt off. I mean, he's to you. I'm uh, his physical uh, conditioning. I wouldn't be worried about. But there's the other stuff, and yep. I know he always, you know, he, when he was on uh, last year, he came under total access during the summer when he was still unsigned before he was with the Bengals. And he was essentially, he said, you know, all that quote-unquote other stuff 
you know, most of that's not warranted, but I know that that's what's keeping me from signing with the team. Last year, you saw what happened with the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think you're already seeing that it wasn't just him that was going on right there. Right. Right. Uh, I think he's going to – someone's going to get him. The question is, is who would do it? And that's and – that's, look at the dynamic of the NFL now, Rich. You've got a ton of young quarterbacks and new quarterbacks playing. Right. Okay. Do you want to put him in a situation with Christian Ponder? They need him. They need a wide receiver like it's nobody's business. Their wide receivers coach, George Stewart, is probably one of the five people T.O. trust most in his life. Okay. But do you think they introduce him to Christian Ponder? Do they say, if, you, if he doesn't get me the ball, am I? is he going to yell at Christian Ponder? We've got a lot of rookie and, and younger quarterbacks. But why would T.O. go play for the Minnesota well, Vikings, though? Well, I mean, one, the Vikings are done. Let's stick. Correct. Let's, I mean, okay, let's, so let's be go, honest let's, here. So let's go to contending teams. I mean, because that, I, mean, I imagine that's the reason why he's he's running up and down the turf at Calabasas High School for two networks to show everybody that he could still do it here. He wants a ring. I think that's... That's obvious. Uh, clearly, he wants a ring, but if the Carolina Panthers unless called, he's unless he's flat broke and we don't know that, I mean, who well, knows? He's, what he his said he said is. he's got some some issues. He was on his. Someone was telling me I've never seen his show. That he said they did a whole episode. He's got some financial issues. I, I have no right, of course. direct knowledge of that. Understood. But let's say Carolina called, said T.O. You want to catch ball some Cam Newton? We're lighting it up down here. That's not a contending team, but he would consider it. But I do. I don't know. I mean, Carolina. I I, I wouldn't. I. I wouldn't stick a fork in them just yet this year. Seriously, With I know you're Saints looking at me Falcons like I'm crazy. In the division? I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, what are they? They're two and five, right? Correct. Okay. Can't. I mean, I wouldn't put anything past Cam Newton. He's right now. he's doing it. I, I, I'm serious. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say this is a lost season for them just yet. No, but would you throw To into that equation because they've got a good thing going with Steve Smith? With Steve Smith? And well, you, I mean, don't they serve the same role? Essentially, in, in an offense, they could. But I mean, okay, let's go to contending teams. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you put them up with the Jets? No, no the no. Jets. Jets. No, 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 no. No, I mean the Giants. They definitely could use a wide receiver. Do you think Tom Coughlin's going to want him there? No, no. Okay, do they really need a wide receiver. Victor Cruz is doing well. Victor Cruz I mean, is playing well, but I mean, they, they play probably... Minnesota. Yeah, Cam plays Minnesota this weekend. I mean, that's let, let's put it this way: they win that game, they're three and five. Correct. Right. They're three and five. And um, I, I, coming out, saying, of, coming take out a of look the, at the, the, there's no. Let's be honest here. We we all there's two teams coming out of the South. We know that for sure. Okay, I would think right. so. The Lions are probably going to be the other uh, wild card. Wild card. They're five and two. They're three games behind them right now. They go to the, they go to they're banged up. They go to Denver this weekend. The Tebow time magic. I'm I'm not ready right. to throw Carolina right. out of this mix yet. Well, I mean, look, that's all it, I'm it, saying. It, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, you're more than likely. <laughs> I I wish we could actually show how you are looking at me right now. Um, Here, here's but, here's a team where I think To would be a great fit, and I would make this call probably if I was. I think he'd be a perfect fit with the Houston Texans. They spread the ball all over the field. Okay, they could be a team with him and Andre Johnson. Two massive physical receivers, different types of roles, mm. the things they do at the tight end, and the way they distribute the ball, like and the it. way they run it. And he can get a ring with them. He's got it. He they, could, I mean, they're in the running, there's no doubt. He could get a ring with them. T.O. will get downfield and get a body on somebody and block them. Varian Foster's running the ball oh, downfield. I like A little this. team, a little under the radar. That's I like a team. where you're going, I Steve like that. Weich. I think that's a team. And now, now Rick Smith is going to call me the GM and be like, what are you doing? Why are you bringing it through? No, but no. I, I'd look. I'd look at it. If I would look at them, you've got Andre Smith with the hamstring injury. You know, you hope that he, that doesn't pop. Andre on him Johnson. Again. Andre yeah, Johnson. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. 
You hope that doesn't, you know, get aggravated. I know again. they just they they went and got Derek Mason because they needed they needed they needed help. Yeah, right. I mean they they needed depth right, right. there. But T.O. gives them a little something different. T.O. and Andre Johnson would be very difficult. Yeah, I don't think Cortland Finnegan. Who would he would know who to fight? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I like that because I mean the Rams. You can't. I mean they're zero and six. Yeah. I mean, but the question is, is who's who's gonna who's gonna? I, I like that one. I like the Texans. I like that a lot. Sleeper. If you didn't say it on my podcast, I'd steal it and use it. Well, there you go. <laughs> you can you can still take it. No, you can end around. I like that. All right, let me hit you up with a couple other topics. Sure. You were in Oakland this past week yes. for for NFL Network NFL Game Day morning. Chiefs are back from the dead. How about that? Three weeks ago, uh, our good friend, our mutual friend Michael Silver, was writing about how the knives were out in Kansas City. And that Pioli and him were not nearly as good at getting along as everybody thought. And McDaniels was on his list. Right. And their best defensive player, Eric Berry, is down for the season. And Jamal Charles, their best offensive player, goes down for the season. Now they're 3-3. Three and three. If they beat San Diego yep. on Monday Night Football, they're in first place. They're in place. first place. After the game, I spoke to Scott Pioli. Mm-hmm. And he was like, can you believe on Monday night we are going to be playing for first place in the division? I mean, I think even he is surprised it. a little bit. Now, the the Raiders quarterbacks gifted them six interceptions to put mm-hmm. them in that position. But that defense is playing very well. And that is, again, without their best defensive player, Eric Berry. Their corners are very solid there. Matt Castle's like, he's, he's, he's okay. I mean, their offense isn't anything dynamic. I like Breston, and I'm obviously biased because I'm a Michigan guy, but I like him. I, and uh, him this and kid, Bo. Jackie Battle, I picked him up in two fantasy leagues, oh. by the way, because he looks, he looks big and strong, and and him and Thomas Jones are uh, as viable a running threat as, as most, right? Sure. I mean, and, and they use McCluster in there. Right. I mean, they've and, got... And Arenas ran one in from the Wildcat position. I, Hey, man. They're I, in there, and you know what? It's just like last year, Rich. They're a young team that now is starting to believe it can be pretty good. And those are dangerous teams. That's what the Lions had for a while. Now that mojo is kind of slipping a little bit. That's just two games, though. Just right? two games. Just right? two games. Right? Yeah, I think they'll be back. I think they'll be back. I don't and I mean, they're going they're going to Denver. Who knows about Stafford's leg, right? They get job Tebow invest. time. Tebow time. Tebow time. We can't say it enough. Tebow time. Tebow right? time. They better be up by sixteen points in the fourth <laughs> four quarter to if they go. want to win that game. So but huh. but yeah, Kansas. I, the AFC West, right. a forgotten division, is now the most newsworthy division in pro football. You got the Carson Palmer quarterback situation in Oakland, mm-hmm. Tebow time. Right. The Chargers look like they're they, they've got you know they've got grease all over their hands right now. They can't mm-hmm. hold on to it's anything. Up with that. It, it's, it's slipping away from them. And then mm-hmm. here come the Chiefs. Todd Haley's got that nice growth going yeah, on his face too. I know. Looks like Chris Law a little bit. You think our producer Chris Law? Chris is a little bit. Tidier, a uh, little bit tights, more edged you know, out. He's, he's, he manscapes, Chris. You know, he, he yeah. tightens that thing up. I don't know what kind of look Todd Haley's going for. Well, he's got the winning look is what he's got. What happened at the handshake after that one? Haley has one of the more interesting handshake moments in this. He, he's in, got in about the six of them, doesn't he? Because well, didn't John Harbaugh go after him in a preseason Mc, game right. as well? Well, that was because Harbaugh used the final uh, – we were doing we were doing the no huddle show or the around the league, whatever we call it, I can't even remember it, <laughs> showing all, all the preseason games at once. And Harbaugh was up by a ton and was running plays from, like, the three. And I was with Lombardi, and I'm like, you know, we're talking over this. I'm like, would Haley have a problem with this? You know, I understand, like, there's no, there was no OTAs, it's no offseason. Preseason, you want to get guys reps. You got to get guys reps, but 
these guys who he's getting reps, there might be what two that won't be cut in in, in ten days' time. You know what I mean? He, and, he had and a Lombardi, problem with Lombardi's it. like, I think he's going to have a problem with it. See, he did. There's that McDaniel's last year. Don't right? know exactly what happened in Oakland, but here's Jackson. Here's what I suspect. Yeah. At the end of that game, because I'm on the field with Ray Anderson, you know, the, one of the top yeah. execs in the NFL. Yeah. And every play, the Oakland players are shoving, they're swinging, they're getting flags thrown in the final two or three minutes. It's like just let and it And Ray's end. there. Ray is there. Oh, he uh, had a notepad out. Did he really? Me. He broke it out after after one play, a little jotted something to himself. But, Uh-oh. you know, there were some unsportsmanlike things. There yeah, were just some late it flags. Chippy. It was chipping. And I said, Todd Haley's going to take a shot at the end zone. I said, he's trying to run out the clock. These Raiders keep pushing his players around. There's penalties flying. He's going to take a shot. And he and did. he took a shot. And I think that's what it stemmed from. And Hugh had an issue with that. Hugh and had I, an issue with Hugh that. Hugh is like, we'll see him soon. We'll see him soon. We get him again. Mm-hmm. And we can see the Raiders and Chargers to kick off Thursday Night Football on Absolutely. November 10th. Week 10 kicks off right here. Carson Palmer, uh, I mean, what do we read into that? I know he was just five days removed from being off the couch, and Hugh had no intention of playing him, but Bowler looked so hard. Oh, my gosh, man. And the game was slipping away that maybe he thought, maybe he can get some Carson magic just to come on the field, and he looked... He looked like he hadn't played. He looked like he'd been on the college for nine months. Right. You know what and I mean? Part of it, look, he said he knew three protections. So he couldn't call a vast. How do you put somebody like him in the game then? Well, the other, well, I mean, because Bowler, I mean, besides the fact that he was playing terrible. Right. I mean, he had the weak need look. I mean, the rest of the other 10 guys were like, put Willie Beam in here. Let's go get somebody spot. from any given. I, I guess mean, he, was, he had no choice then is what you're saying. No choice. And then Terrell Pryor wasn't ready. So they put him in and, you know, look, Carson, as bad as he looked, mm-hmm. He had a little something to him. I mean, on the sidelines, he'd go over and he'd be talking to his receivers, which Kyle Bowler wasn't doing. He was picking their brain. What are you seeing out there? What can we do? And, you know, I, I give him a little credit. I think Carson Palmer is going to be okay. He just needs time. I don't know if he's going to be a savior in any way that the Raiders' defense has to play better. But you don't throw three interceptions. You've got a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a game that was just... So out of hand. I think you knew it was out of hand. Let's get him some reps. First play in there, Tom Bahali roughing the passer. So Palmer gets hit. He gets the introduction to some of the things he needs to get. Throws some bad balls. Right. But he didn't know the routes. He doesn't know his receiver speed. He said oh, he, he said that was the first time he threw in pads since January. And it's a lot different throwing with shoulder pads on than just throwing in a, in a yeah, jersey. Yeah, throwing to TJ uh, Hushmanzada. That's right. And his brother. 80 degrees and his brother down there. In Jordan Palmer. Lawrence I heard County. Jordan can run a really good 15-yard dig. There you go. You never know. Where are you heading this week? Do you know yet? I'm going to Jacksonville-Houston, which I thought was going to be a dog of a game until Jackson knocked, Jacksonville knocked off the Ravens. And this could be an interesting game. Right. Well, I'm Maybe T.O. will be on the Texans by then, too. <sighs> I mean, that Monday night game, and we spoke about it um with other guests in this podcast, but I don't know how, how does that happen, man? I mean, how does, how does Joe Flacco look that bad? I mean, they did show the all 22 camera during the Monday night broadcast. They had a a pretty neat um, package, highlight package for Jaws to run through. I mean, he hadn't, Flacco had no place to go. I mean, the, the, the the Jacksonville, you do tip your cap to the Jacksonville corners and their defensive scheme that, they blanketed everybody. Yeah, I mean, uh, but Flacco, how and he's, do you and he's been like that. Look like that. And it, it's and year four and for it's, him. But look at how many quarterbacks have kind of been guys who you think should be taking that step forward. Matt Ryan's been so-so. Josh Freeman has been so-so. Sanchez. Sanchez. I mean, some of these guys. I think what's happening now, Rich, is where the offense got out like gangbusters early. The defense is coming back to center now. Right. But Flacco. 
And look, he, he wants a big contract. I mean, maybe he's stressing over that. He hasn't played well. Could it be that they change his quarterback coach seemingly every year? Hugh Jackson, mm-hmm. Jim Zorn, guys, maybe they can't coexist with Cam Cameron. I, I don't know. But he just, again, let's, let's credit Jacksonville. Maybe it was a bad game for Flacco, but his lack of consistency has got to be something that they're concerned about. They but then, but then where do they On the go? road, I mean, they lost in Tennessee. They've lost twice on the road in the AFC South. Those are their two losses right. on the road. So they have to be concerned about that. And they the, have to be because the, they're going to go. They're going to Pittsburgh in a couple of weeks. They're going back, and the knives are out. I'll tell Pittsburgh you what. Pittsburgh is starting to deal. They are playing some great football right now. Five and two. They are playing, and I got to tell you, the one thing I love about the Steelers, I've been saying it for a long time. They're one of the most incredible big play offenses with Mike Wallace and those guys who can strike. Well, it's because like Roethlisberger has no conscience. You know he what I mean? He, he's also 18 feet tall. like and, yes. and that big with one of the best shoulder shakes in the pocket to avoid a rush that there is in the game. He, you can't, I mean, he is elusive and that big. And it's not just he's so big you can't take him down. He's elusive. Yep. And he has no, no conscience about when to end a play. No. They're always, it's always alive with him. And uh, he's he's awesome. On that note, he's awesome. On that note about keeping the play alive, I right. had a great discussion at the to the workout today. Well, you had some time to kill. <laughs> I had a little time to kill while he was catching right. his breath. Right about the in the grasp rule and how guys like Roethlisberger mm-hmm. and Freeman, how it's called differently with them because they can extend plays. They, I mean, they've got six guys hanging on them, so clearly it's in the grasp. But that's Matt Ryan. Or if it's Christian Ponder or whomever, that's in the grass. The play's being blown dead. Right. But because officials know that these guys and, – and, you know, Michael Vick, you know, they, they let four or five guys hang on to him because they're like, well, he can slip the tackle. He's not in the grass right. fully. Right. And it's just interesting how that's called and how Roethlisberger, if they really called true in the grasp on him, how many of his big plays probably may have never happened? Right. Well, I'm glad they don't do that. They I should know. let they, they're not they're not letting let them play. They're not letting uh, players play as much this year. It's it's you know it's really a bummer. While we're on this subject, and you saw Ray Anderson too, I'd like to get Ray on this podcast back on this podcast. I hate this defenseless re- receiver stuff. It's it's just not right. Every I know we're trying hit. to protect people, but Monday night the latest <clears throat> case Bernard <clears throat> Pollard lit up. Uh, I think DJ Kareem coming out of um, out of the backfield for Jacksonville, lit him up, and it was a legal hit. He saw what he was hitting, and he he he, he did launch, but he, he hit him right where you're supposed to hit him. He hit the strike zone, okay, and it was just a violent hit. It was a violent hit, and I guess, they, again, these refs are going to err on the side of, of safety and caution. They threw a flag, and the Jacksonville Jaguars got their ninth point and the game, they got a field goal. Eventually, yep. they would have been off the field. It would have been 6 nothing. That was a big extension of the drive that Baltimore kept extending with some of their stupid penalties, including one in which the typical getting the second guy, not the first guy in a scrum. Um, but to me, Steve, that is just uh, that's just one step too far. Brian Urlacher one got called for something on a Monday night. Far. I totally agree. It's one step too far. And what it does is it just, you know, we had Dennis Miller on the podcast last week, and he basically said, we, we people tune in on Sunday to see the Gladiator match. That's what they're tuning in to see. And I, you know, the Brandon Merriweathers of the world and whatever that needs to be legislated against, I get it. 
But we got to do something about a hit like that. It just has to be. And my my response is make it reviewable. Make it make it if- reviewable. Go under the helmet. If you're going to parse whether this, a toenail is here or the spot is there and all that stuff, certainly if you're going to parse the spot of a football, which is impossible with the naked eye, it's darn it's it's equally as impossible to go upstairs and toggle a switch and figure out where a ball really is on the turf. Okay, it's 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 an inexact science, and you're now parsing that. Why not go under the hood when it's 15 yards? Certainly, if it's a third down and you're giving a fresh Correct. set of downs go under the hood did pollard hit him with his helmet did he make helmet to helmet contact was this a legal hit pick up the flag do it here i don't i don't want to hear that we're making the game too long we're doing this we are now reviewing every scoring play so clearly there is a, there is a there is some way in the front office, by the way, can you tell I'm on my high horse? Here? No, this is great because I want to some way in the well. front. There is some way, reason. There's in the front office. There are some exceptions that they are willing to make to extend the game. There are certain plays in the game that they figure are so crucial that they can stop the game. Sure, and I think this should be added to that. List. If you're going to have the Calvin Johnson rule. Which we seem to be reviewing. Hey, Mike Carey nailed that last week. Yep, two weeks ago uh, in that game where where Burleson looked like he stumbled eighteen times and then put the ball on the turf. I'm glad that they called that one a touchdown. Well, we had the Tony Sperano saying, "Hey, review that a little longer." You know, when when the catch the other day in the Tim Tebow game with yeah, Marius Thomas. Yeah, as our our colleague Jeff Darlington reported, yep. he, he screamed at the refs, "Review this, otherwise I might get fired." I might get fired. So, have you ever heard of that? By the way, uh, yeah, that's that's a coach who really isn't feeling any pressure, is he? Right. So, anyway, you're but to get back to yes. the to the to the hits, yes. I think somehow, because you look at how many Hall of Famers, Ronnie Lott, I mean, even guys like Steve Atwater and Dennis Smith, who are we show on our network mm-hmm. top ten biggest hitters, guys right. like that, right? Bring them into the discussion when the when the competition committee gets set forward to, to discuss these head to head rules and these concussion rules and what's a legal hit. Bring some of these guys who played 15 or 16 years I, I hitting like that. I bring mean, them into the discussion to say, hey, look, I was trying to maim a guy. Or no, this is how we well, play Steve, football. Steve, when we showed the Al Davis obituary on game day morning uh, after Al Davis passed away, one of the comments I said is just with all the, the old footage of the Raiders that we were seeing, probably a quarter of a million worth of fines. In today's game, uh, we easy. saw as the B-roll, okay, the video over the track in that obituary piece. And that I'm bringing up for this point is the commissioner's committee on player safety, because the commissioner clearly takes this very Absolutely. seriously. We're talking about the future of this game here. You know what I mean? Like if moms see 10-year-old, you know, does, does an 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old play this game, if they see this sort of stuff. Uh, it's the safety of the game, safety of the current players, future of the league. This com- the commissioner's uh, grouping uh, on player safety includes John Madden. John's there. He was the he, he was the coach of Jack Tatum. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I mean, so I mean, he's always got he's it. bringing that mentality. He's no doubt bringing that side of things into the equation. I mean, I'm not in the room, so I can't put you know a hand on a Bible and say in a court of law that's what he's doing. But he brings that experience with him. So again, I understand that we need to legislate. We got to tell these guys, these players, you cannot launch. Don't launch. Don't launch because the, that makes the collisions violent. Whatever. But we are talking about gladiators out there 
whose job is to separate the football from the human being carrying it. It is that simple. Every play. And if you tell somebody that they have to tone it down when they are making a legal hit in terms of hitting the strike zone, to me, that is a bad, bad precedence to set. And it and it it pisses off the fan base. Well, it's like nothing. I mean, in terms of your Twitter account, I don't know about yours, mine. Lights up like a oh, Christmas yeah. tree anytime something like that happens on a nationally televised well, game. Well, in my last point on this, I've talked to coaches, like secondary coaches especially, and they're like, "Look, Wes Welker, normally when he would come across the middle, even if he didn't have the ball, mm-hmm. guys would crack him. Okay, he'd get hit, or when he gets the ball, if he knew that he was going to get jacked up coming across the middle, he's not going to run a route a certain way. Guys are going to redirect themselves after they take that jarring blow." Coaches now are coaching differently. Players, some of them are playing differently, not all of them, but the receivers now are protected. And how many crossing routes are we seeing? It seems like every pass Aaron Rodgers throws is a crossing route. There's not a whole lot of these things down the sideline because a lot of these receivers know they're not going to get blasted coming across the middle. Now, some of it's great scheming. Like you really think so? I'm telling you, I've talked to second really think that I'm going to go running across the middle because I'm not— I mean, I've Bernard talked, Pollard lit up this lit lit somebody up. I mean, someone's sure, going to light you yeah, up. Yeah, someone's going to light you Even up. Even if it's illegal, but they're going to light I'm you up. I'm telling you, man. Coaches have told me that hey, a couple years ago, right. this guy wouldn't have run that pattern because he knew we had somebody back there who was going to take him out, whether he had the ball or not. Now we know we're going to get penalized. We can't necessarily take that penalty on a third down, like you said, extended drive. We can't get guys fined, so guys aren't laying the hammer down in certain situations like they used to. I'm telling you, coaches have actually, I've actually had this discussion. No kidding. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, it is. But then again, you look at the ratings of this league, they're through the roof. Through the roof? I mean, they're through the roof. Fantasy leagues are through yeah, the roof. Yeah, I mean, the receivers are, are getting guys fantasy points to win their fantasy leagues. Not DBs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess. All right, this was fun. Awesome, is man. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? Anything else? No, not really. But anytime okay. we can chop it up. Okay. I want I like to see you. Them. But T.O.? Yeah. Oh, he wouldn't come on this podcast, I don't think. I invited him, and he's and you're here, which I'm very appreciative of. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he would come on, personally. But it's okay. It's all right. I wish only the best for him. It's, he's, he makes this league more interesting. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, nobody has... Well, that's not true. Favre has. Uh, it, it's in the eight years that I've done this job with NFL Network, mm, T.O. has probably cost me about... Eight meals um, with with my family, um, probably tacked on, probably like two full actual days, like literal forty eight hours onto my job, based on everything from the from the the sit ups on the lawn to the twenty five million reasons to live to all of that stuff, all of it. The the getting traded to Baltimore, but saying he can't, he's not going to go there. Get your popcorn. Get you all, you know, all of that stuff. Him, him, Farv, that him, Farv, and Michael Vick have probably put a full week. Well, Vic, in those terms. No, no, Vic, not so much. I mean, Vic was just a brief two month thing, but Farv, nobody touches him in no. terms of of altering our schedule here. I mean, there was one time too on it was the season ended on a on New Year's Eve. My wife's at a party, waiting for me to show up. The season Sunday night football was Packers Bears on 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 New Year's Eve. Game had really nothing to do with um, the the final outcome of the season whatsoever. That was before 
they changed the I guess scheduling that NBC gets the most imp- the, the one game that's on the schedule that's it's unprotected. You can flex, you know, NBC can flex into right. anything in Week 17 as long as it matters in the standings. So um, Fox and CBS can't protect it. So this was before that. This game had no issue in the standings except would Favre retire after the game, and I was just sitting there pissed. Because I always I knew certainly the year before. Do you remember him and Mike Sherman chatted for like forty five minutes after the season was over? We waited and waited and waited, and then Favre didn't show up. Correct. He left the stadium, and I'm like, if Favre is going to pull out again, and my wife is at a New Year's Eve party by <laughs> herself, and I'm sitting here waiting and waiting and waiting, I'm going to be really pissed. And um, sure enough, Favre goes up to. Um, Andrew Kramer after the game gave her everything. You know, he started crying, misting up. I don't think this is the end. Blah, 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 blah. NBC, like our desk called NBC, can we use it? I'm like crossing my fingers. I'm like, okay, don't be proprietary about it. Please don't, please don't. They said, go use it. Yes. Old Lang Zahn, brother. But that 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 is just a behind the scenes oh, about yeah. what we do for a living, which is, by the way, thank goodness we get to talk football for a living. But in terms of our lives interrupted. T.O. is way, way up there. Way up there. And today, you logged some quality minutes <laughs> on that <front>. Rich! <laughs> Steve Weich, uh, the, the, what's, on the, um, what's on the Cover 2 podcast this week? Let's promote. What well, do we, got? we are going to be talking, of course, T.O. Okay. We'll be talking T.Bow. Tebow. Tebow. T-O, T-Bow. T.O. and Tebow. Got to talk that. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably talk a little... Tony Sperano. We've got to talk about what's going to happen because if he gets blown out. Why would they blow him out, though? What are they, they going to do? At, at some point. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, what are they going to do? At some point, though, they've got to show the fan base, of course, a lot of Gator fans in that exactly, fan base. Exactly, but so that's, be, that, that undercuts the it, whole it, thing. It, hey, yeah. we're doing this for you. But, I mean, again, Jeff Darlington, our our, our colleague, wrote an incredible yep. piece on NFL.com about how strange it was. It's their house, the Dolphins' house. They're falling to 0-6. They're... Owner is standing next to Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. We invited him with the rest of the Gator community yep. to sell some tickets, knowing full well I wouldn't have to do these sorts Just of gimmicks. The, the if kid my wearing team the Tebow win. jersey, you know what I mean. And and Sperano's on the hot seat, telling telling referees if you don't challenge this, I might get fired. You know, and then all of this madness that's going on right now, and fans have to sit there scratching their heads. Oh, I mean, would they really? Would, terrible, they, would they really? Would they really appreciate it or show up more if Sperano got fired? No, I don't. I don't. I don't even think it gets necessarily to that point. I mean, but if you hang on, you know, if you keep him on the green mile and you let him run the full mile for sixteen games, right? Okay, yeah, you might get Andrew Luck. Yeah, but he yeah. might. Not, he might not. Yeah. He might. He might pull the Archie Manning. Why would he do that? Who knows? Why would he do that? He could essentially choose the coach. Don't you think? I would think so. I would I mean, think, don't you think? I would think if they do that, which they're going to be in a situation regardless. If Miami goes 0-16, and, and God forbid that any team ever does that, I don't wish that on anybody. No. But if they, you know what the hashtag is on, on Twitter is, right? What? Suck for luck. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if they do that and get him. He could name the coach. Don't you think? You would think don't so. Don't you think that, there, that, that, that he could basically pull an Elway if he, they hire somebody he doesn't want? Right. I mean, sure. don't you think if you're if you are the owner, I mean, you don't want to let the inmates run the asylum, but he's right? not, he's not don't you find yet. out. Don't you find out who 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 could work best with Andrew? Absolutely. Huff? Team teams have done that all along. Not even with the first. Has anyone pick. ever signed anybody two months before the draft? 
I mean, you know, <laughs> before I know you usually, the combine, I know you usually <laughs> sign the first round pick, you know, your first overall pick two days out from the draft a week. You know, like if he shows up with a contract to the combine, they probably could. I, I mean, you know what I mean? So that said, Stephen Ross, as you know, is a New Yorker. Yep. Although he's a University of Michigan man, his name's all over the business school there. Uh, they, they're at the Giants this week. And if the Giants blow the doors off the Dolphins, I understand. I, I hear you. Yep. Okay. I, I think – I just don't know. Because right. now the fans, you know how it is. When there's a coach on the hot seat about to get blown out, it's chum in the water. The fans want to see something happen. Mm-hmm. Guy, Next guy comes in. He wins a game. Yeah, we won a game. Then they lose the rest. I mean, there's, there's always that short-term spike. But, yeah, I just don't think – I don't think they're going to carry Tony Sperano all the way through because it would just be so abysmal. You saw the players at the end of that game. I, You know, I think they know – the situation that he's in. I've, I've covered so many teams where coaches have been fired, and it's a dire situation. It's awful, right? It, it, it's a horrible thing to see somebody lose their livelihoods, and then the players realize, wow, he's not working anymore. Oh, no, it's our fault. It's never the coach's mm-hmm. fault. But like you said, I mean, I think Miami, whoever's coming in, their talent, their quarterback situation, things like that, they're going to be in the, in the in contention for the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Steve, thanks very much. Rich, Good to see you. Awesome. Listen thanks for to the me Cover on. Two podcast Thank with Steve Weich and also, of course, and Bucky Brooks. All, all podcasts on this. All podcasts. Raise all boats. Let's get it. Let's, let's, let's band together. Let's sort of like have a, have a oh, we are the world moment. Let's you know, do that. Me, let's... you, Damashek, right? Yeah, we'll coaches, have it on the, the coaches, coaches show, show. The fantasy. Do they now? Do they do a real podcast or do they, or do they just re air the coaches Maybe, show as their me... podcast? I know that that shows maybe you that they, I have that. Chris Law just got married. They do a real one. Okay, so okay, that's good. But the no huddle, they just they just they just simulcast that. that that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get all four of those guys. Okay, <laughs> after you've worked all day Sunday and you're taping this thing, let's go into the VO booth and do it all over again. They could talk this. They could talk it. That'd be good stuff. All right, uh, Steve Weich here on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. Now we're going to go old school here on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. These are the two most frequent guests. These are the t- two guests that go as way back as possible. They're uh, the deans, right, of the yes. Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light back when there wasn't a television show. Kara Henderson rejoins the podcast, the host of Total Access with Andrew Siciliano. Good it's to see you. It's great to be here. I miss you guys, especially I'm, you, Wormy. Hi. The, the worm. Hi. Hi, everybody. Jason, hey, everybody. the worm, Wormser. Back in the day, just a, a plain old... What uh, senior producer? Senior producer yeah. here at NFL Network. Now yeah. you run Fox Soccer. No, I'm vice president. Now of you're production. in charge of all of Fox Soccer. No, you invented how psyched, soccer. How psyched are you about the World Cup rights? How it, psyched it are was, you? It was a great morning when I woke up and I got like bosses sent me notes from Europe. You didn't expect that, right? You didn't expect. Honestly, it. you outbid ESPN I, in something, which is, by well, the way, incredible. Uh, that is, I've never thought anybody would ever outbid ESPN for anything that ESPN wanted, and they wanted it. Yeah. Wow. It was great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We just, were really just excited. hang in there for another seven years. Yeah. Really. <laughs> well, we start now. We start in 2015. <laughs> what do you do? We have the world, We have the women's tournament. The Women's World Cup. Okay, so you got that. Yeah, it's Where in Canada. That? In Canada. Canada. Yeah. Hey! hey. And you just went to uh, Winnipeg. I was just in Winnipeg, yes. Okay, all right. Were you, were you site surveying just in case? Or no? uh, I got a feeling they're not going to be playing in Winnipeg. Okay. Just a guess. Uh, and then where's 2018? 2018 will be in Russia. In Russia? Yes. And then you get to go to Qatar, don't yes. you? Yes. Might be the first Jew ever to go to Qatar. <laughs> You beat me in that front. Will you be allowed to go? Or I don't know. I don't know. You may have to put on a burger. If I still have a job. Uh, Kara Henderson, how have you been? How have I've you been? I've been great. Yeah? Busy. You are busy. I'm very busy. 
Six Very shows, busy a, six shows, a, five, five shows a week. I really you only two, have you four. Got, we get to, no, you get two a days on Mondays. Oh, that's true. I thought they outlawed two a days, but no, no, they didn't. Not on you Mondays. You got to get that on the collective bargaining agreement, I, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. I also need a bye week with four straight days off. <laughs> but, not, then I would, but then I would lose coming off of that. I know that's what's apparently up, the you, way that it goes. Hey, Sap said that the bye week, bye teams are what three and nine coming off the bye so far. They're not good. Did you Not know that? Three all. and nine? Five teams are three and I nine? Did, did you know that? I didn't know that, but there was some lousy football play by a lot of them. That's for sure coming off the bye. I mean, San Diego. Geez, that was awful. Well, they, they looked good in the first half. <sighs> Second half. I don't know what's going on down there. That, that, it's... Every year, <laughs> it's something that's missing, right? Every year, there's team. another gear that's missing. They're my missing. Super Bowl team, too. They are. Yeah. I picked them, them against Just the ask Rex Ryan. Yeah. He says they're a Super Bowl team. Mm. He actually said he won't use the word rings anymore. Did you know that? You no. heard that? You didn't hear no. that? He said that he won't use the word rings anymore because that's what got him into trouble. Because you remember, he, he was asked by the New York. There's a some, joke the in there somewhere. Community. I don't know. That's right? what he said. This is what Toe he said. Toe rings or something? Oh, See? boy. Oh, Those rings. boy. There. Yeah. You went well, there. You know how I know how you are in this podcast. No, actually, here's uh, Jared Winley of the uh, of the Jets has just called in and says uh, <laughs> I should hang up on you. He doesn't like that. So. <laughs> Have you ever heard? Did you hear that? I missed it, and I, I I've listened. I see I see his show a lot. You're a New Yorker it. just as I am, well, right? From you know from I mean? Jersey, you know what I mean. Well, Florida. You're an, you're Florida. an East Coaster. Florida. You're an East Coaster. Florida, the sixth borough. I have gone. I have listened to. <laughs> I've listened to Francesa for so long yeah. that goes back to the Mike and the Mad sure. Dog days. I remember driving around for my job on the the Staten Island Advance. Okay, I remember they broke the news to me that Magic Johnson had AIDS. What were you retiring. driving? What were you driving? At I was that point? I was probably driving a hoopty Honda. Uh, I think that's what I was driving at the I time. I was at ESPN cutting a feature for College Game Day. They, I have been listening to Mike and the Mad Dog for that long. Yeah. I have never heard a a PR person break in in the middle of a conversation and B have a player hang up on them. Yeah. Never, never. Hmm. And that just created a whole storm in New York. And typically, because it began that earlier in the week that Rex Ryan, when asked if he had gotten the job instead of Norv, because he had interviewed for that job, what it would have what would have been the difference? He said, I would have had two rings by now, is what he said, of course. And that implies that Norv should have had the rings. And that started the storm. Revis hanging up on Francesa ended it. And typical of the Jets, they won. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They need that to happen. They need the controversy. And you the... think so? I don't know. I'm asking. Oh, that, you're well, a Jets I thought... fan, so I'm no, no. Hey, you. stop that. Now listen. I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying that no, that was your I, opinion. I, I, that no. was your analysis. No, I don't. I don't have opinions. I'm a. a I'm a host who sits oh, on, well, well, I do. out there oh, and, and well, I tries opinions. to. I don't up. even know who you are anymore. No. <laughs> You come in here. You always you would come in here, guns blazing. Now I, you're a you host know, of a program, and you don't have. I an need opinion to stay or... above the fray. I don't. You know why? <laughs> you know why? You know why I need to stay above the fray? Why? Because you made me get on Twitter, and in Twitter, everybody just comes all, at you all the time, and it just gets tiresome. Don't you think, Worm? Just don't. Just don't reply to the ones that yeah. that send you oh, nonsense. Know. No, I'm just teasing, but it's that's all. Twitter, I never made you get I, on Twitter. You did. Kinda. I told you you should. Yeah. You, you listen. Nobody I, makes you do I, anything. I think, you I don't think, want to do. I think the key with, with it is to find is uh, like I did. My, you just say Twitter in a British accent? Like, yeah. Like like. <laughs> Twitter. Little bursts, like little bursts. 
Well, it, it, like when, like last night, I had like four or five in my head, and I just boom. At worm underscore sixty six at Kara Anderson as well. So um, tweets just showed up in your brain, is what you're saying? Just they just pop like one, like just like last night between the horrific manager, the between the the, the Cardinals, oh, the, yeah. Tony Lucy needs like friends and family now, right? He doesn't have friends, friends and family. She's got a cell phone to call out there, right? Oh, you're talking World Series like, that, that that they that they had a bullpen phone problem, and then and then horrific clock management again. When you're talking about the Monday night game, yeah. Well, here's the thing: is I, I think the you're, ball referring, off through the end zone. you're referring to. There's two minutes and two seconds left when they scored. When when Bolden scored with two minutes and two seconds left, I was sitting there watching the game yeah. with, with Susie, with my wife, and I'm like, "This is perfect yeah. because they've got a guy who, before they moved the kickoffs up, could stick it right. in the first row of behind the end zone. Cundiff, yep. you kick it deep, right? Yep, and then. Two minutes, two seconds left. You have only two timeouts left, but now you get the two-minute warning. And that defense going three and out on Gabbard. Then they have to punt it. Now all you need is for Flacco with a minute 45 to From go the to get... the 40-yard line. To get... Probably. Right. To get Let's the first down, the you couldn't get... Oh, sorry, the sorry, first half plus? You know, right. Well, that that's the issue. And that's why he was thinking I wanted to give him a short field by going onside kick. And if that, if that onside kick didn't go nine yards and... and Seven-eighths. And, right? Right. I mean, it, that that hit the point, but to me, that is a, that is a big second guess for sure on Harbaugh's part. And now, to your point of view, how bad was Flacco? It was not good. And you know, that's the first time I was watching him do the post uh, press conference. And obviously, he made a big point because he had the Steelers kind of carping at him this off season of coming in this preseason and mm-hmm. saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a hell of a quarterback and all of this. So that's the first time I've ever seen him at the podium after the game look shell shocked, like he. Was he usually is got that you know unflappable thing going? He looked shell shocked, like he didn't know what Hit him. just happened. I know what just happened, and and then Terrell Suggs coming out and saying, you know, we have this running back, and yeah. we're going to run him called out eight Cameron times for twenty eight yards. Well, they really? pointed that out. He put the ball on the turf and then didn't touch it for about another quarter. Yeah, and he was sitting there on third down when Ricky was out there, and I think Jaws even said he's a. He's one of the best receiving backs in the league. You got to have him out there on third down. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. I think it all went south for the Ravens all of a sudden. Except defensively, they look super. They're good. still good. Yeah, they look awesome. They're still good. So what is going on? It, it, I think the thing that's interesting to me is that there's so many teams and so many players that are just Jekyll and Hyde this year. You don't know what I, they are. I, I, one I, week to the I next. still think it's the lack of, oh, I, of preseason. I agree. I do. I but do. As no much OTAs, as they you still think we're still there. We're still we're still in a lockout hangover. You I think? still think. I, I well, finally. The defense is starting to catch up with the offense. Yes. That's for sure. This we saw that this week, no doubt. Really, two weeks. Yeah. Only three 300-yard yeah. quarterbacks this week. Except, like, Rodgers will continue to have, like, a 120 rating he or whatever. Is he's out insane. of his head. There he's... is nobody that I have seen, that I have seen in doing this job and even being a fan of this league, I've never seen anybody be able to throw on the run like him. Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, you could say what you will, that Brady has more rings and Peyton is the sheriff and that these guys. But those two, you get them off the spot, that's the whole thing. But they turn it on and off. If you get Aaron Rodgers off the spot, he's more dangerous. Yeah, yeah you don't they, want to do that. They do, they're, but they're too on and off. They, the they Packers turn, are? They turn it on, they turn it off, they can't run the football. They can't. They definitely can't defend the run. They can't run the football. They ended the game. Well, the well, same, they had listen, to. the Dallas Cowboys in New England ran it three times, didn't get it, lose the game. They need 
needed to do the same thing the Packers against the Vikings this past week. They ran it. They got as many first downs as they wanted. But the thing that's interesting about that, and you know, if you're playing, if you're the Vikings and you're you're on defense, you know they're going to run the ball. But you're still Couldn't so worried. It. I know, but you're so worried that they're going to pass it just because they can. Right. That you can't. You're you're not committed to defending the run the way that you probably would be against another team because you know. He could just easily decide not to. Right. And Leslie Frazier had the same question. Oh, the question fourth down. Again. Come on. you got to oh, go for it. He had the same issue again. You're one in five. As, as, as go Garrett, for as Garrett it. Had yeah, make an aggressive before. mistake, Don't, right? Here's the, here's, here's the axiom that I have. Don't ever give the ball back to Brady, no. Rodgers, Breeze, exactly. Manning, any of those guys. Of Don't ever give them the ball back. Well, that's why. That's why Don't ever. Don't that's ever. why two seasons ago. Belichick did what he did. He yes. knew his team Fourth could not in that situation right. in that game Don't could back. not win the football game. His defense could, and that for as much heat as he took right. was the right decision. And I, I mean, more coaches should have, you know, have it in the inners inside of them to do that. The well, it is you have to call the on onions. field too. Everybody wants to go. Well, the the you know the thing says this and blah blah blah. Like you've got to. He doesn't do got, that. I think you've got to coach with feel. That's what he think? does. And that that's what was great about Belichick football life when he basically mm-hmm. said, you know, I just can't get these guys to play the way that I want yeah. them to. And that's the the best thing that he could say. Like you got to know what you got. While we're on the subject of Jekyll and Hyde, how about fifty six minutes of as you would say Drek oh, out of Tebow, that was. And, then, <laughs> and then four minutes. Of spot prevent on prevent winning, prevent winning. Well, hold, prevent on a hold, winning. On a, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. What Tebow did to get them in that one touchdown to make yeah. it fifteen seven. I mean, that was a great throw to Demarius yeah, Thomas. It was. Like, and and by the way, the two first round picks that McDaniel's had and was sort of castigated for. Like, okay, you're going to trade away Brandon Marshall and get this young kid who all he did was be in a, uh, uh, an option offense in Georgia Tech, right? And then he goes and he trades up to get Tebow, and everyone thought he might not even be a first-round pick. Those two guys hook up to get them on the board, and then they get an onside kick, right? All they have to do is just get get the onside kick. They don't. Tebow, you just knew it. You just knew it. And yeah. you certainly knew it on the two-point conversion where he was going. Yeah. Surprised didn't what be... is up with that? Isn't I'm that amazing? I'm surprised he didn't do the jump pass <laughs> that he did in Florida. You know, he was in the he was in the shotgun. He took two steps steps up to the line of scrimmage, and then like whoop, jump over like a little do a little like a little pass, right? A goofy pass. He did all the time at Florida. Um, yeah, I mean that was incredible with Tebow. Absolutely. It was, it was, but they're it, it's they're so limited. They, it, there's nothing in the playbook. They're going to be when they play a better team. They're playing the Lions this week. Yeah, they have a rough. I mean, how many points are they going to score this week? Really? I, I, you can't put anything Ten? past him, though. You Ten? can't put anything past him. I, I, why would you? He's Ever earned again. the right. He's earned the right to not have us put anything past him. Do you think Fox was sitting there thinking maybe I put an Orton like third quarter? Well, everybody was if asking that, Orton, right? We were sitting one, in the studio watching. One it. drive. I'm one drive away from taking this lead. No, but here. if you're if you're going to suffer through all that to get to the fourth quarter where you know he's going to do what he's going to do, right? Or you at least have an inkling that he might, right? Why would you then for Tebow time, uh, right? Uh, and and so now you and your Fox Soccer yeah. uh, tentacles, your yes. worldwide tentacles, yes. you were able to, con- with this being the, the week of the London game, yes. you were able to contact our old friend. Yes, Nigel. Nigel Spackle. Yes, Nigel Spackle. So he was free? He, w- he was free. He was at the game. Okay. But he was, it, he found an unbelievable story. What do you mean? I mean, there were, well, you have to listen. Okay, let's give a listen right. So we we have we have the there's report un- right now. Yes, there's an unbelievable story about which, which really galvanized the Bears. Really? Yes. A behind the scenes yes. story from uh, our, our old our old correspondent who does have his own Twitter account based on uh, this 
stupidity. Yes. Uh, here is now <laughs> Nigel Spackle's report of the London game 2011. Let's give a listen. Hello, Rich. Nigel Spackle, plausibly live, reporting from the Twin Spires, the world-famous Wembley Stadium, after another full-tilt battle of American gridiron. Well, we had fantastic weather in London for the Bears and the Buccaneers this week, and it was a grandstand affair as usual for the National Football League. But, Rich, I've uncovered a little-known story for your listeners, which may have inspired the Monsters of the Midway. Apparently, Chicago's long-lost mascot emeritus Ziggy the Bear who was enjoying retirement at an Ohio wild game farm, was inadvertently let out by his owner on Tuesday night and was seen rummaging through the quality meat section of the local Piggly Wiggly supermarket. He was later tranquilized by local officials. This is not the first time the intrepid Urson had a brush with the law. Back in 1985, he was to have a major role in the production of the hit music video named The Super Bowl Shuffle, but was incapacitated by Illinois game authorities for mistaking coach Mike Ditka's classic sweater collection for a bowl of porridge. So for the recovering Ziggy, the Bears dedicated their effort in the football match versus Jose Gasparilla's pirate ship to the aging shaggy-haired omnivore. Well, what an effort they put out. A comprehensive 24-18 victory to the delight of the full house at Wembley. Yes, they won one for Ziggy. Reporting for the Rich Eisen podcast, plausibly live, this is Nigel Speckle saying tally-ho and bye for now. Ziggy the Bear. Ziggy the Bear. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did, did you did you cover that on Total Access this past week? I, I, missed, I usually watch I most that. of the shows. I, I but... usually go through things with a fine tooth comb, and somehow okay. I missed Ziggy the Bear. Good job, Worm. Thanks. Good job. Thanks for coming. <laughs> and when do I get you back? Can I, don't I get know. you back? Okay. I don't know. Okay. It's going to be a while. Congrats on know. the World Cup rights. At some point, I will. Good. That's the Worm. And Kara, uh, I just have November. you back. This is quick. We're going to get you back on the podcast. I'm always. I'm here. You're here. I'm here. You're available. G-Man. The Worm and Kara uh, and Nigel Spackle. That oh. was touching. That yes. was touching. Back on the Rich Eisen podcast. That was fun. Nice little stroll down memory lane. Um, and uh, by the way, our best wishes to a friend of this program, Chris Cooley, who was just placed on injury reserve. He did not get the podcast, Bob. After appearing on this podcast, he uh, broke his hand. And we all know his knee's been banged up, too. And uh, he's done for the year as the Redskins start floundering. Good Lord, they're 3-1. and one. Talk about a change of fortunes in just two weeks' time. Uh, they're in Buffalo this weekend, too, as Buffalo comes off a bye, which isn't, by the way, uh, very beneficial so far. Bye teams are 3-9. and nine. As uh, we're trying to see the effects of the new collective bargaining agreement rule that you must have four days off, including a weekend day in a row. As Warren Sapp says, you cannot uh, put your sword down and stay sharp for the fight when you return. At any rate, we'll see how that goes. Uh, The Bud Light fan camps for this week, the day before Halloween, 10, 30, 11. Bud Light fan camps this Sunday, Salt Lake City, Indianapolis, Indiana, Miami. In Washington, D.C. So hopefully the Bud Light fan camps will bring uh, joy to at least two of the three <laughs> winless towns in the National Football League, Indianapolis and Miami. So if you don't want to watch your team possibly lose again, as Miami is in uh, New York and Indianapolis is at Tennessee. Tennessee coming off that stinker of a game, too, against the Texans who whipped up on them. Uh, then maybe you want to go to a Bud Light fan camp and you can get all your information on these fan camps at the Bud Light Facebook page. And also, please know that you must be 21 years or older 
to participate. Again, another podcast coming out this week. We're we're splitting them up during the season. We got so much to do, so much going on that we don't want to jam your uh, your your iPhone or whatever device you, you listen to us on with two plus hours of stuff. I know he's getting some frequent tweets from people who miss the the monster download, but this is also the way I think we're going to do it. Unless I hear hear more from more people who don't like it. But uh, Michael Wilbon and uh, Coach Cal of Kentucky Basketball and Arian Foster of the Texans. That's also going to be the TV show this week, Thursday, 4.30 Eastern Time. That's it for this edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Bud Light. Stay listening, friends.